Hello and welcome to another episode of Media MD. Here on Media MD, each fortnight we prescribe each other a piece of media that the other person has somehow missed. I am Ruben Morehouse. And I'm Elliot Diebold. And so it's your turn this fortnight, Elliot. Take it away. That's right. Well, so I, honestly, I can't believe that you've missed this. It's almost like you weren't allowed well, to watch it up until now. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Should we discuss whether this is... I mean, the, the whole premise of the show is that it's media that someone has somehow missed. But in this case, I was going to get to it like five or six weeks after it started. And you're like, no, 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 we're going to do this for the podcast. Well, so, uh, to quote you in a previous episode, uh, you snooze, you lose. Yeah, I guess that's fair enough. I mean, I did do it to you, but now that the worm has turned, I, I kind of feel a bit bad about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were, you were five or six weeks late anyway, so you had you so had late. missed the I... start of the wave. Yeah, I, I mean, but I'm, I'm worried if we let this trend keep going, I'm going to go see a movie like on opening night and I'm going to be like, no, Elliot, cancel your plans <laughs> for tomorrow. You can't see it. Yeah, we've, anyway, we've um, anyway I, I haven't actually said the name of what... Uh, of what we're doing. Yeah, sorry, um, sorry. Anyway, so yeah, I'm bringing Westworld, uh, HBO's new hit show. Never heard of it. Um, yeah, that has just come out in the last few months. So yeah, I mean, this was, you know, sort of their new big thing. I think they seem to be setting it up to replace uh, Game of Thrones, which is finishing soon. Yeah. Uh, which has sort of been their flagship show for the last few years. And yeah, so it's based, uh, let's just sort of give you the context. It's based on an old movie from like 1973 called Westworld or something like that. Uh, and that was written by Michael Crichton. Okay. The name sounds familiar. Just remind me who he is. Uh, so he's a pretty famous author. He has a lot of a lot of popular books, but probably the, the most famous one of those would be Jurassic Park. Oh, of course. Okay. Yep. Thematically, there's a lot of similarities. So Michael Crichton tends to specialize in these science fiction stories about you know, science gone too far, obviously. Yeah. Um, and so Westworld yeah. plays into that a bit more. Um, so it's set in the future, and basically it's it's in a theme park. Oh, um, is it? Like Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it, it's there's these, like, android artificial intelligence robots um, in the theme park that are basically super realistic. You can't tell that they're not human. Is it a Western-themed theme park? Yes. So, okay. so the whole the whole the whole park is themed um, after the West, and so basically, uh, like guests pay a fortune to basically come in and do whatever they want for like their stay. So, oh, um, I see. It's, it's sort of implied, you know, they can they can pillage, they can rape, they can murder, they can do whatever they want because these aren't real people. They're they're just sort of robots, and yeah. so you know, at the en- at the end of the stay, the robots everything's cleaned up. The robots are reset to their factory settings, yeah. and so you know, all the robots are following this sort of narrative, which they you know, so they've got like un- underlying desires and stuff, which they'll improvise around whatever the the guests come and do, yeah, to sort of mess with it. Um, yeah, obviously, cool. the series the series is set at a point where um, some of the robots begin to start remembering previous cycles of the stories and they're right. remembering all the all the terrible stuff that's happened so to our them main characters are the robots primarily so about yeah it's about 50 50 i'd say about like half the characters are these robots and 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 half are either people working in the park or there's a few guests as well right who, who also end up becoming main characters okay but it's got and so it's got a lot of it's got a lot of uh good good names sort of behind mm-hmm. it um so one of the executive producers and like creators is Jonathan Nolan, who's okay. the, the brother, brother of, of Christopher Nolan. 
That's right. Uh, yeah. And that's a bit of a recurring theme in this show because it also stars Luke Hemsworth, <laughs> the, the third Hemsworth brother. It's the brother's show, um, yeah. Yeah, who, who up until now hadn't really done anything except for Neighbours here in Australia. Yeah, okay. Um, and it's also got, so Anthony Hopkins is in it. Yeah, is he like uh, the park manager or something? I feel like I've yeah, seen... Yeah, he's basically, you know, you know, like uh, George Hammond in Jurassic Park? Yeah. Uh, it's basically that character. All right, fair enough. So, yeah, I mean, the, the similarities with Jurassic Park are, are really there for this, um, both thematically <laughs> and sort of... Uh, and, I mean, in fact, this this show also, in terms of, you know, it, it does a lot of stuff dealing with, like, the moral implications and stuff of having these human, realistic androids that you can just kill and stuff. So it kind yeah. of seems like a bit like Dollhouse in that regard, right? I mean, I haven't seen Dollhouse, but... I, yeah, I had wanted to bring you Dollhouse at some point, but I always felt like since I gave you Firefly already that I couldn't really do that. So and when I saw Westworld, I was like... Yeah, I was like, oh, great. This this will let me talk about the same sort of stuff as as Dollhouse did. So it, it is it is very similar uh, in that sort of way. And in fact, when I started watching, I, I came in about two weeks late, and the friend who convinced me to watch it, basically pitched it to me as, like, another Dollhouse-type show. Dollhouse version 2. Basically, yeah. All right. Uh, just with HBO money. Uh, and I, I will say one thing. I would avoid, if I were you, you know, obviously avoid going online. Yeah. Uh, to look up <laughs> I feel like this, we've, uh, we've started saying that about every single recommendation we're doing. It, yeah, it's true. Uh, but this is, this is definitely a show. Um, a lot of stuff is leading up to and driven by you know, one big sort of twist that happens mm. right towards the end of the season. And um, this was very much a show that got the internet theorizing machine uh, yeah, into action. Yeah, really got it going. And I, I luckily managed to a- avoid um, all of that. I, I got one minor spoiler um, accidentally because I thought I'd check out the Westworld subreddit yeah, on Reddit one one time and then, like, loaded the page. <laughs> there, was a, there was a spoiler in the name of the first post and I was like, why am I here? Yep, don't do that again, uh, for sure. <laughs> so, that, so that was a stupid move. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> you have I mean, only yourself to blame. <laughs> but especially, the ending is quite quite confusing. Like, once mm. the twist is revealed, there was, I sort of had to pause it and really think back on the rest of the season. Can I, like, I'm worried, should I try and guess the twist? Is the twist that it's just going to be one of the characters is a robot that you thought wasn't a robot, or vice versa? Is that going to be the twist? No, that's, um, no, that's not, that's not like this big twist. The, um, the, the big twist is... Well, no, don't tell me. (laughs) No, well, no, (laughs) It is. Uh, no, it's it's probably more comparable. I mean, it's obviously quite different, but it's more comparable to those sort of Mr. Robot twists. I see. Uh, okay. I- except they're probably a little bit less predictable um, right. than like the uh, some of the twists in Mr. Robot. But it's it's sort of that same thing where it has to do with, with perception of reality and all that, um, which again is another theme um, dealing with like whether the robots are actually perceiving things as well as humans. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's one of those things where you sort of have to pause it and reflect on everything you've watched up until now. Uh, and it was quite confusing. So there's lots of videos online, which like when I finished the show, I then immediately had to hop online and you know, Westworld ending explained. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, that's when, when a, a piece of media can get fans discussing things like this, that's probably a good yeah. indicator for sure. Yeah. Uh, and so, so I definitely, I, I mean, it might actually help if you're sort of watching this, one episode or more a day because i was watching it week by week and i think by the end that by by the by the end when the twist was happening like a lot of the stuff that had happened 
in the first half was a bit blurry and uh, mm. and that sort of made the twist a bit more confusing. I think marathoning it might actually make the whole thing a bit easier to comprehend. All right. But um, yeah, we'll I see. Yeah, I that. I've been looking for a new show to marathon anyway. Yeah, well, I think I think this one will be around for a few more years at least, given how well... Uh, how well season one how was well, rev- re- re- uh, yeah. reviewed. Yes. Received. Uh, I think received. That's received. what I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's winning a bunch of awards already and it's... Yeah, it's it, it is it's very well done and it's got the the guy who composes it is the same guy who does the music for Game of Thrones or at least his brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. Um so it's yeah, he's he's and he's good at the music as well, so it's it's a really it's just a good show from top to bottom. It's not explicitly stated when the series takes place, like cuz you never you never sort of see the outside world, which mm. I think helps to add just just keeping it as one enclosed sort of stories sort of yeah, help it, yeah because because you know you, you go back now and you watch you know you watch movies that were made in like the 80s and it's like mm. in the far distant future of 2003 <laughs> and and then you go back and watch it now in 2016 and it's just well, like well this sort of kills it doesn't it? Like, if they're planning for this show to become their flagship they can't attach a year because that means if they say like in the near future of 2075 they can only make you know like 60 whatever seasons (laughs) so they can't restrict themselves like that if this is their new show there are there are theories online as to when it takes place so there are Mm. there were occasional dates associated with like events mentioned in the show yeah and then people have done detective work on you know like it's like that classic internet thing where they found screens in the background of a shot they have like a little information corner yeah, exactly, and uh, and so now they piece together a timeline for for how exactly the show is put together. But like, I for a normal viewer, it's basically it just doesn't have a date. All right. Um, well, so yeah, I can't wait to watch it just so I can finally put aside, like, stop putting aside this show that I've been trying to watch <laughs> for a few weeks. Um, all right, yeah, I'll I'll watch it and then I'll get back to you about about what's good and what's bad. Sweet. I'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, well, yeah, let's pass it off to future Ruben and Elliot right now. Thanks, past me. Um, yeah, so I'm here to tell you that this next part of Media MD will contain spoilers for all of season one of Westworld. So if you want to watch it unspoiled, and you really, really should want to watch it unspoiled, um, go check it out now. We'll just be waiting here, killing time until you get back. Um, so pause your device. And now you're back. Let's keep going with the show. We are back two weeks later-ish, and uh, I've got through Westworld. Although I'm going to be honest, I started watching it, I think, the day after we we recorded, and I had finished the whole season by two or three days later. Um, That sounds about right. Like, yeah. yeah. I guess that's a bit of a spoiler for if I like this show or not. Um, <laughs> and speaking of spoilers, I guess we should do our little plot summary. Um, yeah. I, I was thinking about how I would do the plot summary for this show. There, are, I, And I, try, I distilled it down to, I think, four plots that we can talk about, right? Mm-hmm. So the first plot is the overarching plot of like the behind the scenes of Westworld, right? So there's the kind of management and they are dealing with the hosts and they start realizing that some of the hosts uh, start having these previous memories because of this code update that the manager of the park, Robert Ford, who is Anthony Hopkins' character, um, he's put in this like special code to make their reactions more genuine, but it kind of has the unintended consequence of having them remember things from previous cycles before they re- reset. The unintended part of that is potentially 
Yeah, so uh, okay, so as it it seems at the start he claims it's unintentional, but it becomes apparent that he's trying to have these hosts remember things. Um, but I guess we'll get to that a bit later. The second yeah. plot that we can talk about is one of the hosts who is the uh the like the madam of the the prostitute house in the in the um theme park town. Uh, the leader of the prostitutes, she starts remembering and she starts trying to kind of escape from Westworld. She starts realizing what's happening to her and trying to escape, right? Yeah. The third plot, <laughs> these seem quite disjointed, but they actually play together, play yeah, into each well, other a lot. So the, the um, first two you've just described, obviously, overlap a lot in this in the second half. Yes. Because like she, yeah. she starts to fuck with the management in order to escape. To escape, yeah. Um, the third plot is a human character called William who has come to the park and meets one of the hosts and basically falls for her because he thinks that she is sentient or developing sentience, right? Yeah. Which is kind of true, sort of. Um, And he tries to... But also he's just an idiot. (laughs) He is a bit of an idiot. The host who thinks, whose name is Dolores, he thinks is developing sentience, has this kind of internal mission where she's trying to get to a place and he basically helps her get there, right? Yeah. And then the fourth and final plot is a mysterious elderly man called the Man in Black. That's just kind of what he's referred to as. Um, he is kind of a, a power user of the park, I guess. He's been there a long time. And he has basically done every single storyline and he's trying to find this hidden storyline that he thinks exists that's this kind of grand overarching thing. Um, yeah. And that's his plot, right? So there are those four plots that kind of interweave with each other a lot. Um, and I guess we should probably just get the spoilers out of the way so that we can talk about this properly, right? Yeah. So the big spoiler for the entire show is that one of the park managers is actually a robot. And I called it in the first part and you were like, no, that's not a spoiler. That's not a spoiler. But I was totally right. Well, I mean, let's, I think most people going into this show are expecting some sort of twist like that. I don't think that uh, was the big twist. I'm not saying I was amazingly original for coming up with that twist, but I just want some recognition because you said it wasn't a twist. No, I said I it was wasn't. Like, I said it wasn't the twist. Okay, so you were being a bit cheeky with your words there, I guess. Well, I was also trying um, not to just spoil, not to spoil it by confirming <laughs> <Yeah>. your theory. <laughs> um, but if you had so confirmed you're it, I would have just been watching the whole time being like, he's the robot. No, he's the robot. No, he's the robot. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, the major twist is that this character, William, who is helping, who is the human helping Dolores to kind of figure out whether she's gaining sentience, is the same guy as the man in black, but he's from 30 years earlier. William is the man in black 30 years before he t- becomes the man in black, right? Yeah, so it turns out, yeah, a, a good chunk of the show is happening at a different time to the rest of it. Yeah, and that's the major twist. Yeah, and so that was the part I found quite confusing when it was revealed because a lot of this stuff had happened eight weeks ago for me and so i was kind of like mm. oh, wait who's and then who's, who's this character <laughs> who's that what's going on yeah and i i really struggled to piece together who which which characters and which plot lines were in which time especially because some characters age and some don't because half of them are robots <laughs> yeah well that's interesting to me because i remember you mentioned that the final twist was quite confusing for you. And I can imagine if you're watching it week by week, that would be the case. But since I watched the last three or four episodes 
in one day, I, it kind of landed quite gracefully for me just because they, they really start dropping or they actually confirm the two separate time periods thing in about episode eight. Yeah. Um, and then from then on, it's like, you know, balls to the wall kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But I found it a lot less confusing just because I guess I was watching it all at once. Okay. So maybe, yeah, maybe I should just go back and, and rewatch it all sometime before season two comes out to clear it up a bit. Yeah, I do want to talk about season two because in the last episode or the last little bit of episodes, um, they do hint at the season two being about a samurai version of Westworld, right? I mean, we see these kind of samurais and we hint at that there's this other park that we just haven't seen yet. Right? I don't know. I don't know if they'd say they were hinting that the whole episode would be like that, but yeah, I certainly got the impression that they were finally because. It always seems like a weird business decision to me that you'd invent like decent artificial intelligence and then exclusively use it for a, for a Western theme park. Yeah, park like so. If anything, it made a lot more sense to me that there'd be uh, like other versions of the park where you could go and and you know be a ninja or something. It was definitely a, a season two kind of trailer. Like it was in the last episode, and Maeve, who is the madam of prostitute host lady. Who's escaping? She sees these samurais and she's like, Well, what are these guys? And one of the park managers basically turns to the camera and winks and says, Don't worry about that for now. Wait for yeah. next season. Like, it's pretty overt that they're setting it up for a second. I mean, I imagine that'll be because obviously the western the western part of the park has now been sort of all the Overrun robots have footholds. Yeah. Spoilers. So, um, yeah, well, spoilers. But uh, so I guess that'll probably be part of season two, isn't There'll probably be the rest of the park that they have to get into. Yeah, but the thing I'm worried about is Western movies and Western media is so culturally appropriate. Like, it still culturally exists, you know? Like, sure. um, the the Quentin Tarantino movie that just came out and there was the Chris Pratt remake of The Ridiculous... Uh, fucking hell, I keep getting it mixed up with Ridiculous Six. <laughs> um, but, and even The Ridiculous Six, like a, a, a Western satire, in air quotes, movie... Um, <laughs> Western movies are still around, right? Whereas samurai-based media kind of doesn't exist anymore. And so I feel like if they do a samurai-themed um, season or even a majority samurai season, it's going to be like, it's going to feel not as appropriate, which I guess is worrying. But I do trust the brother of, <laughs> of uh, Christopher Nolan to make a good movie. Yeah, uh, I, th I good, think yeah, the they've, TV show. They've, had their, they've had their shit together so far. Um, I think I think if they do try to introduce these other aspects of the park, they sh they'll probably do it. And it's still called Westworld, so I have a feeling mm. I have a feeling the western part will probably always be the main part. We'll just get to see some of the others for certain arcs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we've kind of done a general overlay of the show. I want to touch on some more technical stuff, right? Yeah. So first of all, one of the things you mentioned is the music. Which yeah. I just I loved in Westworld. There's um, basically what they do is they have the original soundtrack, which is you know ambient where it needs to be and emotional and whatever. And then they also have a lot of westernized, not wet like wild westernized versions of modern songs. Yeah, a lot of the music they've got the one of those old pianos that plays itself. That's like a bit of a western trope. And then a yeah. lot of the actual soundtrack music is then based around that old piano sound which is quite cool but modern but those olden piano versions of modern songs so like in the yeah. first episode there's a version of um 
Black Hole Sun, which is like amazing. And there's like, there's Amy Winehouse. There's all these like really good, um, really good modern songs that are mixed in a really interesting way. And it's like, I, I kind of just don't want to watch the show. I just want to listen to these <laughs> great versions of these songs. Um, so yeah, the music is great. Like the acting is great. Anthony Hopkins does really well. It's it's really beautifully shot. They have these like wide sweeping shots of this Western landscape. I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of really clever technical stuff going on. And I mean, it's like a clever show. Like putting aside all the smart plot and twists and characters and stuff. Um, in prep for this episode of MediaMD, I, I want to remind myself what one of the characters' names was. Um, a character called Felix, who helps Maeve, the the robotic mm. host who's trying to escape, helps her kind of wake up and realize what's happening, right? Yeah. And so I look up this character's name, and his name is Felix. And underneath his like character bio on the on the wiki, I see that his name has derived from this Latin Felix culpa, which is Latin for happy fault, and kind of refers to the fall of man and like original <laughs> sin. And it's like this clear parallel between him being tied into waking up these robots. And then I started looking through more of these and basically every single character has, um, is named after some clear, um, nod to their role in the story or even just a little joke about who they are. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's yeah. So like William, who is the character who kind of helps Dolores and tries to shield her from the world and protect her. His name is derived from the Germanic for resolute protector. Um, okay, yeah. Or Logan, his deranged uh, brother-in-law, who's kind of lost all meaning in his so life and is seeking for meaning. To, to Wolverine, surely. No, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> his name, although these they might be de- derived from the same meaning. Um, his name is derived from the Gaelic meaning hollow because he's kind of lost his experience yeah, of life. Yeah, that's a... That's an apt description of his, his and character. If, if you look up every single character and their name, they basically have these <laughs> meanings behind them, which is quite, I mean, it's, it's, it's overt and it's interesting, you know? Yeah. Well, I wonder, I mean, cause like, like I said, like something you may have missed sort of just marathoning this, this later mm. on is yeah. How much this really sort of sent the, the internet machine into overdrive, um, so, for instance, the like the whole multiple timelines thing was actually mm. called uh, on Reddit in episode two. Yes, I was looking up when I found when I saw the multiple time after I'd finished the show and I realized it was multiple timelines. I was looking up to see other hints about this, and there were hints in like the first one or two episodes. There's a can yeah. that Dolores drops as part of her kind of cycle. Yeah, and then it changes host, right? in in different scenes. It's a different can. Yeah. So it's the same words on the name of the can, but it's like a different font and stuff. Yeah. Um, and you only see it for like half a second, but, you know, it's it's these tiny little clues. Uh, my favorite that was one of those, I can't believe I missed it, uh, mm. moments that you have is there's actually, so when they're in the, the offices at like the Westworld HQ, there's actually two yeah. different versions of the Westworld logo. So oh, in scenes that really? are set in, yeah, so in scenes that are set in the past, they're using a different giant Westworld logo in all the hallways compared to when the scenes that are in the present are taking place. And it's like, once I'd sort of seen the picture, it seems really obvious once you see a screenshot of it, you're kind of like, how did I miss that? But, <laughs> how did I miss that? Such uh, so story. that's like, yeah. that's one of those subtle details. And I think that's sort of, you know, what separates HBO and like other, you know, high budget mm. cable stuff from, uh, 
I mean, what classic network television is, um, you know, they've got, they put those little, they all got the budget and the time and the effort where they put the effort in to put those little details in. Mm. Yeah. But I feel like things like that, I mean, they're clever, but they, they are kind of a double-edged sword because if your audience doesn't realize, you know, that's great. But, um, if they do realize they, you kind of spoil the twist for yourself in a way. Um, yeah. Well, and that seems to have been what happened. Like Reddit seems seem to have and they like because then they picked the william is the man in black thing by episode like four um, <laughs> so i yeah. mean they, they they sort of saw everything which is why I, part of me was kind of glad that i that i missed all of that but then yeah also considering how confused i was by the end i wonder if maybe if i'd just been reading all these theories when they were still just theories maybe yeah. i would have been following it better because i would have been looking out for this stuff yeah do you think you'll when they do season two, do you think you will be kind of following these theories as they develop or? Uh, yeah. So now that I'm caught up, um, so I'm up to date, I'll probably still avoid it just because I, I don't, you know, it's the same with Mr. Robot. I don't really yeah. want to see these things coming. And I think these internet theory groups have gotten to the point where they almost always pick any twist, regardless I of mean, how ridiculous it is. There's so many people at, uh, guessing that eventually the yeah. guess will be correct right yeah exactly um, uh so so I, I don't know i think i still think i'll work i think the only the only show that i really sort of uh participate in any of that is probably game of thrones mm. and that's because i think it's a story where the author really wants people to wildly to speculate about that sort of stuff <laughs> yeah fair enough yeah i mean i i i kind of feel like with shows like this i would want to not do it but you do get a lot of enjoyment from theory crafting and reading other theories and just kind of experiencing the community around these shows as well. It um, is. It's addictive, which is why, why I'm trying to pull myself away. And it's pull yourself out, out of it, it seems. I feel like the show has a lot of... It kind of over-dramatizes its stakes a lot in a lot of ways. So... Let me explain this. So the first episode, as an example, it has this really fucking dark beginning, right? Where we see, before we know that these characters are robots, we see um, two people, uh, a, a boy and a, a girl, who are reunited and they're clearly like long-time lovers who have been separated, right? Yeah. This is Teddy and Dolores. They're reunited and they kind of go off happily and then one of them gets killed and one of them gets raped and then it kind of flashes to black and then reset. And and we get this kind of Groundhog Day opening where this very, very bleak thing happens and then is immediately undone. And that's a, that's a really good opening. But then we keep seeing these robot characters play through these scenarios and we see them going into very dramatic scenes and it's played for drama a lot of the times. Yeah. Where we, as the viewers, know that this is going to be either undone or, you know, ha- have no significance. And that happens a lot. In fact, basically all of Dolores's entire storyline is her following her programming. And so the the drama there is quite subverted in a lot of weird ways, you know? Yeah, well, it's like, um, I think I made a complaint about this before, but it's like when, when science fiction shows bring in um, alternate realities mm. um, where, you know, it's sort of like, oh, every, every timeline is a thing. And so then it kind of makes later episodes where they're not dealing with that theme seem pointless because it's now it's kind of arbitrary which timeline we you're follow. following like it's like oh yeah. well, they lost this one but there's another universe where they won so i can see that but even in that 
situation, it's like those characters are still experiencing that, right? And they're yeah. still kind of sentient beings, whereas... And they're going to remember it. Yeah, for for 90, 98 to 99% of this show, ca- robot hosts are having these dramatic scenes that we either explicitly see being undone and forgotten or uh, implied heavily that that's what's going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, Teddy's character, one of the hosts, Teddy, who is one who is involved with the Man in Black storyline a bit, but is never really... He doesn't ever really remember anything. He kind of half does, but it never really goes all the way for him. Mm-hmm. His character is one of the ones where I feel like they they present his story and what's happening to him as very dramatic, even when it's just him as a robot fighting other robots and nothing is ever going to happen of that, you know? Yeah, well... It's quite yeah, it's, strange. It's always going to get fixed up either way. Yeah, and I feel like it kind of under... It, it subverts and undercuts its own drama in a lot of ways. Um, sometimes intentionally as well, to the credit of the showmakers. Sometimes they do it for comedy or whatever but there are a lot of times where they try and play it straight as a drama and it just feels a bit flat mm-hmm. i feel like every scene like every every kind of time we're in westworld we see people like visitors to the park being really really barbaric and kind of fucked up and i feel like if this was a real place i don't know if all the visitors would be as fucked up as the characters that we see I mean, I guess that's sort of the the point of the story is it's meant to imply mm. that, that we would be. But I thought it was weird that they'd put so many people in at the same time. You think people would be paying paying for sort of exclusive exclusive access, yeah. Because you know what happens if what what happens if two guests end up in a in a shoot up? Because obviously all the guns are programmed not to shoot people. Yeah. So so we should point out the guns in Westworld can be shot, and if they hit a, a host, then it'll kill them or damage them or whatever. But if you shoot your gun at a person, it just won't have any effect, right? Yeah, and it's really unclear what technology is behind that. But anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That seems like the most advanced technology in the park, yeah, I, to be honest. <laughs> that's a really good point. At some point, at one point, there's they do a kind of explosive thing and they hint at the way they've managed it being that they've just got explosives kind of everywhere in the park, like explosive nanobots or something just ready yeah. to activate at a moment's as if As if that's safer. Yeah, or even feasible on any level, having everywhere rigged with explosives just in case someone throws a bomb in, you know, sector B twelve. Yeah, that, it's it's all very confusing. Um, <laughs> but in a, in fairness, it doesn't really care about no it's, that aspect. It's not about that, obviously. No, well, and they they don't address it because that's not the point. The point is just to establish yeah. that, that that's the thing, and and especially because I mean. I think another part is, you know, like a lot of the guests are going in and being barbaric, but we also saw a few cases where like people were bringing their families and there were like kids there. Yeah, you do and see so, that. Like, but what I if, what like if that... you and your, like, what if you and your kid walk in on like some guy raping a family? Like, <laughs> you know, well, like, they they kind of half address it with saying things like, "Oh, the hosts will like nudge them away into the correct direction," and they kind of micromanage it to stop that from happening. But it does seem like. It, it should be happening with a lot of regularity. <laughs> yeah. We also see way more kind of fucked up depravity than we see, you know, families bringing their kids or whatever, where I feel like, I don't know about you, Elliot. I don't know what kind of sick undercurrent <laughs> of, of dark, oh, repressed humanity is, is bubbling under your surface. But for me, if I was in Westworld, I would just fucking do the weird side quests all the time. Like, that's the shit I want to do. Yeah, that's... Go and, and fight some villain or rescue some damsel or whatever. Well, that's why you play RPG video games in, in, uh, in yeah. real life. You'd... Yeah, that's why I always pick the good path of any light or dark choice, I guess. 
Well, see, I, I remember making a comment, I think, uh, about halfway through the series, Logan was, like, shooting all these people up, but William was getting mad that, you know, mm. Logan was murdering people mm. and sleeping with girls because uh, William was engaged to Logan's sister. Yes. And then, you know, so Logan's sort of encouraging him to have sex with the robots, and William's like, no, I don't want to cheat on, on uh, you know, your sister, which seems yeah. like a reasonable response yeah seems fair enough um but then he also didn't want to kill people and i just remember thinking if i was there i was like i get the whole not cheating thing but i'd just double down on the killing yeah like they are robots so it doesn't matter i mean the whole point of the show is that that's not the case (laughs) i mean i i wouldn't go all that way but i do i do agree that um it's kind of presented to us that what the what the guests are doing to these robots is depraved and barbaric but, like, that's kind of the whole point. And to some re- degree, you can't really empathize with the robots that much because it's, like, it's no different than me, like, smacking my computer when it, it, it's frozen or whatever. Like, to a degree, you just have to admit that these robots don't have sentience for the most part of the story. They do, obviously, kind of develop it towards the end, sort of, but... Yeah, but, like, it's, it's essentially high-tech whack-a-mole. Yeah, exactly. I mean... But but the show kind of presents it as though you should be feeling something for these ca- for these for these hosts for these robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They present it the other way, but I think in real mm-hmm. life, you, I would probably go into it thinking of it as oh, they're just robots. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and and that's kind of back to what I was talking about before, where it kind of undercuts the the drama of of the show. Like the yeah. man in black is set up as this villain because he like. Um, rapes one of the robots and he scalps one of these other robots and he like does all this other stuff um but to a degree you kind of just have to accept that he clearly knows that they're robots and uh it's even mentioned at one point that he has this foundation which is saving people's lives and so it's like is this guy really the villain for most of the show i assumed that he was going to turn out to be that the twist would be that he was not actually a villain but was doing other stuff I had the same I had the same theory going on as well actually. That kind of is confirmed. I mean, the thing that he's searching for at the end is revealed to be this thing which is to test uh whether the hosts have gained sentience basically. Um Yeah. And I was expecting it to be he keeps talking the whole way through about how he recognizes that the robots are just robots and he wants it to be real. He wants it to be more realistic. He wants the the hosts yeah. to actually have sentience. And that's kind of his goal for the whole way through. He wants them to fight back. Yeah, he, he wants his life to be in danger. And so it's kind of hard to see him as the villain for a lot of the show because he's just trying to achieve the same goals as even the hosts are, which is gain sentience and gain, you know, the ability to fight back. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the show's probably comparable a bit to Game of Thrones in that way in that I, I guess I'd argue most of the characters uh, are a little bit more grey. There's not necessarily black and white. Yeah, uh, and I, I do understand that, but the characters see him as a villain, but I can look past that. It's more that the show sees him as a villain, which just yeah. feels weird to me. Anyway, I, I don't know. This is kind of like nitpicking to a, a to a large degree because it is a great show and there are so many things to compliment it on. And um, yeah, let's segue into my, my score because we've been yes. going for a fair amount of time, I reckon. Yes. <laughs> we don't want this to be a repeat of Worm. Um, no. It, it's a good show. Like... It would be hard for me to give it anything less than a nine, I'd say, just because it's yeah. it's set up really well, it's acted really well, it's got beautiful cinematography, it like ticks all the boxes for something that you would want to watch. 
like I said last week, it's sort of just well built from from the ground up. Every every aspect of it is done really well. Mm. Yeah, so I'd say, I guess I'd give it a, a 9 out of 10. But I think that's a fair thing to give it. Yeah. So thank you for listening to another episode of Media MD. Um, if you want to check out our website, you can find that at www.mediamdpodcast.com and you can get in touch with the show on there, recommend some media. Uh, we also have Facebook and Twitter. You'll find it if you really want to keep in touch. Next fortnight, we have a bit of a special episode. Uh, we have a guest host coming on who is James McInesby from the Ecumenical Matters, the Father Ted podcast, and he will be talking to us about the Irish sitcom Father Ted. So if you're interested in that, uh, go and check it out, or we'll fill you in on what it's all about next week. Oh, next fortnight, sorry. Um, so yeah, we'll see you then.